What's good, everybody? Thank you for joining me. I'm Johan Francis CSCS, and welcome to my show, Ego Killer. It's right here on this show where we talk about all the moves you need to make inside the gym to help you literally move better outside in life. Depending on what type of gym you go to, you can see it as a tribe and as an extension of who you are as a person. We choose to be inside of a gym culture and a gym environment where we're messing around with other folks that are our tribe. They become our tribe. They become our people. And at very least, I'm able to get into my own mindset. No one's going to bother me about my own mindset, right? That can also be an extension of your tribe. A tribe you can define as a smaller version of your larger family, right? And at the tribal level, at the Dunbar number number level, your tribe thinks culturally along your lines. And tribes take care of each other. Tribes have the idea of sustenance in mind first. Families also do that too, but they're much broader. And you can have different tribes within a family. The point I'm trying to make is this. Your tribe got your back. Your tribe has your back. The family, however, maybe not so much, right? Now, when you think of family, even when I say family this and family that, when I end, you know, little YouTube videos with family or when I talk about family, I'm speaking about a tribe. But the greater family, the greater family, they might actually have a greater influence on what you think and do inside the gym. Have you thought about what your family ties literally, literally, what type of impact they have on you? Your family ties literally a good and a bad upon your life, all right? Now, most of the time on this show, I want to talk about the good influences that impact us. And it doesn't matter what type of influences impact us negatively. We need ways to explore the best of what we provide. But family ties, they can literally tie you back and tie you down sometimes when it comes to your physical mindset. And I want us to be aware of those ties by taking a look at family history. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how our family history has a great impact on the way we move and think about our fitness. And the way I'm going to draw this out is I'm going to illustrate, hopefully, to you guys, like, have you thought about that thing that your family has in their back pocket, right? It's often some chest in the attic somewhere if you got attics or basements. It's in the crawl space. It's a secret. Or maybe it's even a story, right? It's a birthright. And that birthright is often handed to you. It's a story. It's a tale, a tall tale about why you should or shouldn't be in shape. Do you guys have that within your family? Is there like a story or a time that you heard about what's inside the confines of your own fam where it was like, yo, your uncles, they were really good at pick a sport or your aunt, she was exceptional. You know, she had great hand dexterity. And then on the other side, it was like, or maybe do you guys have the family where it's like, oh, your grandfather and your Father's father, they both died at 42. They weren't in great shape. And how much do those stories of lineage, of progeny, impact the way that you move throughout today's world? 
It's important, right? This is the whole reason we study history. Look, your family influence, your family ties, literally, have great impacts on your health and your fitness today. And it's important for us to know what our genes are like so that we can explore and understand that we have the power to shift. Having the power to shift is the ego killer. It is knowing that I have all the ability, we have all the ability today to shift whatever that birthright story, the family story has been, okay? So while we sit here and discuss this, think about ways that your family has thought about physical health in the past. Think about ways that they've thought about nutritive health in the past. What type of diet that they've been eating traditionally, ancestrally, whatever it might be. Like what type of ways have you been eating based on your family? We talked about this before. All right. So your family and the disease and disorder of life, it has a disproportionate impact on what you think and like you're going to get into shape, doesn't it, right? It maybe even impacts how tall you are and how tall you are impacts what sports you're going to play, right? If you came out the womb at five foot two, maybe you're not going to be playing volleyball in the way that you want. You can still play and you should still get that done, but maybe it has impacted that. You know, all this, right? Maybe you were told that, yo, hey, our side of the family, we're real short. So you're not going to be doing that thing that you like to do for sport anymore. Did that prevent you from moving ahead? It shouldn't. We're going to strike down that ego, even if it means doing that today so that you guys could get active. But first we have to, and I'll later provide four of the biggest threats that your family ties literally cast on you that might impede your progress. But we'll talk about that later. But we have to first uncover a truth, all right? The truth is Mother Nature wins. Mother Nature doesn't give a damn. She is going to collect those W's no matter what. And that means that if Mother Nature decides that you're going to lose all your hair by the time you're 23, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be shining every time you walk outside by the time you are able to rent a car by yourself and that's just how it is because mother nature wins um as i can as i say that i have i realize like an emotional attachment to that story when i turned like 21 i got twists in my hair and the next time the the lady took the twist out of my hair i noticed there was significantly less hair to twist up the next time as she untwisted my hair like in the process of two or three months of having them twists, uh, my hair decided like they weren't holding on anymore. They were like, oh, you just twisted us up. That's the last straw. So I started to go bald by that point. Mother Nature wins. Wins again. Damn you. In any event, Mother Nature says, hey, you know what? You were one, two pant sizes up until you're 35. Welcome to the land of, you know, Let's tack on another 10 to your pant size. How about some more inches for you? There you go. Why? Because you're 35, right? Women, and when you start getting into your 40s or 50s, some women earlier, menopause. So that visitor, it don't show up as much, right? <laughs> All of this is me explaining that mother nature is going to win. And to that extent, family ties, no matter how literal, 
it doesn't really matter. There's some things we just have to accept. But what I'm talking about is the conditional story and the narrative that's passed down from family to family. What I'm talking about is the way we treat each other. Maybe some of your older paternal members of your fam treat you thinking, oh, shoot, you might have the family, you know, you might have the family shoulder where you can't really, you know, or maybe that family, you know, is notorious for the for the itis, for the lethargy that's going to happen and uh, look like you're coming on. You know, and you have people in your family that look at you and they're kind of like getting a little lazy there, huh? Yeah, that's a family trait. I want you guys to understand that you don't have to be tied down to what your family has decided and that you have the power to do it. All right. For me, I know I'm constantly impressed over the years when I've met you guys and seen how willing you are to have more of a desultory attitude to the family lineage if that family lineage meant obesity and unhealth i noticed that and i really appreciate that about you guys that you guys are able to be more aggressive and active proactively about your health you're like yo my old man and my mom she was very unhealthy i'm not gonna let that happen or my old man used to smoke a cigar every night and my aunt who raised me she used to drink a snifter of brandy every single night i don't want that for myself so it could be a physical change it could be a lifestyle change but these things play hand in hand play hand in hand and so i want to talk about the four biggest threats all right because reading the tea leaves is important reading the tea leaves is important it gives us the foresight to make a different decision and when we're able to read the tea leaves and what i mean is kind of see the triggers that gonna happen right we're able to see those triggers we're gonna make a shift we're able to see that and make a behavioral shift and look for better outcomes this is all lynched been behind something inside of psychology that we use when we're training folks when we're training high-level athletes and when you guys come to folks like me trying to change that eating the health behavior model and without getting too psychobabble up in it it is a fairly effective means of thinking about your health that say that you're more likely to change something about your health if you think your health is threatened we can see a lot of threats based on the family stories right the story of your your cousin that had the real Big, you know, braggadocious mouth got himself into trouble, right? You know, you're going down that path. Maybe we start choosing a better lifestyle. Maybe, maybe instead of correcting, overcorrecting behaviors like that. Oh, you know, we're known for being really kind of uh, um, audacious and vociferous about ours. I'm talking that talk when I go in here and do the thing. And, you know, that got your cousin or your family member into trouble. Well, maybe I use that and I become a good orator. Maybe I use that and I become a good coach because it's where you actually have to be very talkative and the loquacious type, right? Like in Glorious Bastards. To be to be very talkative, right? So it's not necessarily about overcorrecting, but it is about taking notice. Health now going back to HBM, the health believe model. The health believe model, again, if I come to you from the future and i'm like yo if you don't stop eating a double cheeseburger every other day you will pass away by the time 
this is not correlative or real. I'm just saying, if you don't stop with the eating process, double cheeseburger every day, you will die by the time you're 47. Guess what happens if I realize that early enough? I shift. That's what HBM, the health belief model, says. And it's incredibly something that I noticed that a lot of you guys do when you talk to coaches like me inside the gym. Okay? And I want to make you aware of it. What happens at that point is you think about, okay, am I going to just be a lazy ass forever? Or does that threat scare me enough to where I attempt change? Follow me? That attempted change, the intention to change is the big M or the big Mo, right? Motivation. So if I feel like, yo, I don't want to cut this thing short. I'm going to be on this mortal coil for a minute. Okay. I want my behaviors to shift. That right there is your motivation. And it's brought on by, excuse me, your belief that something bad's going to happen if you don't change your physical outcome. All right. That physical outcome doesn't always necessarily mean you're going to start exercising more. But when it becomes, should I continue being a lazy ass if I think that I'm going to pass away early or be very sick early or do something else to change? Well, hopefully, hopefully you come and see a quality coach, right? The doctor and the quality coach so that exercise can be the thing. Getting back in the gym could be the thing. Start tossing the weight around the room. Getting big with it inside the gym. Having a big mindset. Acting big and feeling big and about your fitness. That's the move you make because that's going to yield them results. All right? We want the motivating factor to be, I'm going to get in the gym. I'm just going to start the jumping rope. I'm going to be active on my bike, whatever it is. Those things on the outside, we anchor them on the inside uh, of the gym, all right? So that's a health uh, belief model. But let's take it a step back. I wanna talk to you guys about the four biggest threats that your family ties, literally, cast on you to hold you back when they do, all right? So number one, what I've noticed over the years, 20 years only, 20 quality years, this is what I've noticed from you guys, Lethargy, that's number one. Someone in your family suffers from the from laziness, right? A little bit too lazy for their own good. Doesn't like to wake up before 11. Can't wake up before 11. Can't get them out of bed for nothing, right? And when you do, they put in just enough work to see themselves get right back into bed and knock out. Fantastic. Unimpressive. No one wants that. Lethargy. That's the first case that I noticed that your family ties literally hold you back. People will notice if they have someone in their family that is totally unmotivated to the point of bordering on chronic depression. Real non-recreational depression that might require you know, meds. When we notice that, we tend to be very active. And we tend to want to get up in the gym. So that might be a threat where... I need to do something about this. And, of course, we know that being super active in your life actually helps that because it helps configure your mood and helps shape that around all of this. Um, it, it, it shapes your mood in a positive direction, right? 
that's number one is noticing let the G inside your family or hearing stories about the person that was really lazy and really stay active in their life, right? Number two, here's the number, the second reason that family can literally tie you back is that heart disease, right? So the genetic heart disease, by and large, there are some ethnic variations, right? But truthfully, these things attack folks in general if you're unhealthy and obese across the board. Maybe you got somebody in your family that has a bad heart. Maybe that story is, yo, we're known for having, you know, poor, weak heart, weak heart valves. A weak heart is going to keep you back, right? And so maybe you shouldn't try to be physical. So that's another threat where it's like, okay, we know for a fact that decreasing your risk for heart disease and obesity starts by being super active. And then one of the greatest like outside factors that we see reduces and they've done studies um, that is counter genetic. Like if your genetics say like, yo, you're going to hit heart disease. One of the things that we can look at on someone that fights that and actually gets active is being good with their cardio and their grip strength, their grip strength. So the ability to actually be occupationally functional in the world actually helps keep you alive longer if you have a risk factor like heart disease or something like that. So even having strong hands, like how good is that? So start swinging your kettlebells one finger at a time, which is actually a technique. And that's one way that I suggest you work your grip strength. There's a lot of other means to do that. You know what I mean? But how cool is that? Is being functionally operational in life, occupationally functional. Keeps genetics from taking over. Number three, it's that partying. It's that smoky smoke. It's the drink. It's all the things. Like doing that constantly can actually motivate you if you see it in your family to shift a little bit all right and i've seen that before with folks where we have to we were raised a certain way we were raised with members in our family drinking a little too much or smoking a little bit too much or whatever and you're like all the partying and the celebration that's great because listen that is a family trait not a tie where you can actually celebrate the good things in your life. Like, that's fire. No one should have that happen less. But it becomes a problem when we look inside of our lives trying to stay healthy and we're not able to separate the two out. We can't compartmentalize the time to party it up and not. That becomes a problem. And I know over the years I've seen a lot of you guys take to the gym when you notice, like, yo, I'm not going to get out of this horrible cycle unless I take to it myself. All right. Now that's and now the number four reason that family ties literally <laughs> hold you back. It's just the general lifestyle, general lifestyle. So maybe you have a lifestyle of overworking and binge eating. You have a lifestyle of dangerous moves, right? Maybe you're a street guy, <laughs> as it's lightly put. Like noticing that in family members can oftentimes raise the threat level to the point where I need to understand my ego needs to be broken down and I need to shift a little bit. I don't want to end up in the, in the, in the clink, like, you know, like those family members that I've had, I don't want to end up 
feeling like I can't be adequately employed like some of those other members in my family have. I don't want to end up feeling poor, right? Or being too poor like other family members because they gave up. I need to make that lifestyle change. And one of the best ways and most immediate ways that I could think of to counter that threat is to start a regimen of being active inside the gym and holding yourself accountable. There's episodes that we talked about and how to be accountable. So you can also, you know, go ahead and listen to that if you want to hear more about how to stay accountable inside the gym. I offer four ways to do that. But so number one would be lethargy. We notice that in our family. These are ways that your family literally ties you back. Number one might be lethargy. Number two can be obesity. Three can be that partying lifestyle. And four, general occupational lifestyle um, danger and poor risk assessment can cause a threat or raise the threat level to crimson. And then we got to shift it a little bit. All right. This is your ego killing moment. So it's important that you take advantage. They don't come around much. And I want to see that you guys and hear that you guys did that. Then walk it off after you did that and make it look like it's nothing. All right. All right. Because you can fight your genes and you can fight your genome. Let me know how that works out by going to the website egokillershow.com. Fill out the form at the bottom. Hit me up. Let's talk. Let's share. If you enjoyed this episode, go to Apple Podcasts. Rate and review it. Five stars gets you a free gift from me, I promise. And until the next time, thanks for listening. And stay up. Stay up.